This is In the Word with Malcolm Weber. When we deliberately, daily set ourselves to be diligent in the Word, then we will become spiritually strong. When we're consistent, when we do it, the Bible is not just going to suddenly jump off the shelf, leap before your eyes, open itself up and speak to you saying, read me. You need to do it. Welcome to In the Word with Malcolm Weber. God has given us 66 books filled with wisdom and the revelation of His will, and His purposes are revealed to all who diligently meditate on and study the Word of God. As you are transformed through Scripture, you will be able to fulfill God's will for your life. The Word will change you. Find out more in the second part of Dr. Weber's message, Knowing God's Will Through His Word. We need to get diligently into the Word as a habit. Excuse me for using bad language, but we need to do it as a discipline. I'm sorry to throw such an offensive word out to your cultured ears. (laughs) We need to do it as a discipline, guys. Come on, say hallelujah. Could you repeat with me the word discipline? That's one of those D words, isn't it? You ever wondered why discipline and devil start with a D? I mean, is there some sort of a connection there? I don't know. (laughs) But guys, that's what we need, isn't it? We need godly habits. We need godly, sound disciplines in our lives. We need to be in the Word as a discipline and not just when the mood strikes us. Oh, I'm just... Not in the mood. Oh, excuse me, the Holy Spirit's not leading me to get into His Word right now. That's the way we talk, isn't it? Come on, that's the way we think at least. Right? Sounds pious, you know? And some people will tell you that God hasn't led them to study the Word recently. I'm just so spiritual, you know, and God just hasn't led me. You know, I mean, it sounds cool. God hasn't led me to study the Word recently. And yet the wild thing is that apparently God has led you to get up in the morning, eat two or three meals a day, go to work, do a whole bunch of other stuff without ever waiting for a feeling. Come on now. But we're a spiritual bunch, you know. You say, well, but God doesn't need to lead me to do all that. God doesn't need to lead me to get up in the morning. God doesn't need to lead me to have breakfast. God doesn't need to lead me to go to work to provide for my family. You know, God doesn't need to lead me to do all of that stuff. You are exactly right. God doesn't need to lead you to do all of those things that you already do. And neither does God need to lead you to get into His Word. Come on. Sometimes I think we're so spiritual and yet so dumb. All at the same moment. 
God doesn't need to lead you to study His Word. You should be in it anyway. Whether you feel led to or not. It should be a habit. Someone said, um, we didn't come from being like monkeys, but we are becoming more and more like monkeys all the time. You know, sometimes we've got these pious things you know, that are just so dumb. They're so bad. Spending time in the Word should be one of the normal habits of your life. Just as normal as getting up in the morning, just as normal as eating a meal, just as normal as all of the normal stuff that you see as a normal, disciplined part of your life, right? The Word of God should be right in there with them. In fact, it should be right at the top of the list because it is your life. You see, we know we've got to eat food or else we'll die. And I don't need someone to prophesy over me that I should eat, right? I need to eat, I'll die. Well, that's, that's right. You see, apply it spiritually, man. You don't need someone to give you some sort of justification for getting into the book. You should be in it because it is your life. It is your life. It is your life. The Lord wants us to develop good habits, good spiritual disciplines. And that's one of the reasons why we give the monthly devotional charts to help us to develop consistent habits, consistent spiritual disciplines. Because the only habits that we develop are the habits that we develop. Cool. The only habits we develop are the habits we develop. You understand that? Your life is full of habits right now. Sure it is. Just a lot of them are the wrong ones. So we need to replace those with some good ones. And it won't happen until you do it. Amen. Someone says, well, I just can't seem to get into the Word of God like I know I should. I mean, I know I should. I know I should. But I just can't seem to be able to do it. Oh, you can't. You can't seem to be able to do it. Listen. The reason you don't do it is, quite simply, because you don't do it. My, we're getting deep, huh? You see, the reason you don't is simply because you don't. There's nothing strange or mysterious about it. You see, it makes us feel better to have this kind of spiritual reason. You're not being the word, doesn't it? Like my great-grandmother's uncle's second cousin's nephew's neighbor's friend who was visiting for the night had some oppression. That kind of got passed down to me, and that's why I just can't seem to be able to get into the Word of God. I mean, it's a lot better to have some sort of airy fairy, <laughs> airy fairy, good phrase, some sort of airy fairy, high sounding spiritual reason why we don't do it, instead of just saying, the reason I don't get into the Word is because I'm lazy. I mean, wouldn't you rather blame great aunts, grandmothers, nephews, neighbors, friends, you know, than just say, 
It's because I'm carnal. It's because my priorities are wrong. Huh? I think the Lord wants us to be honest. And guys, I'm not sharing this to condemn you, to make you feel bad, okay? Because there's probably not a person in this room, including myself, who's sitting here saying, oh, I've got this down. No worries with me. Right? Is there anybody here that's got this down? Oh, my. We need more of the Word in our lives, guys. We need more godly habits and godly disciplines. So let's not try to justify it. Let's not justify our fleshly, self-centered, lazy ways that the Lord hasn't led me. I haven't felt the leading. I'm just not in the mood. Uh, not in the uh, uh, being led by us. You know, that's all it is. It's moods, guys. It's feelings, you know. Get a hold of that. Shake yourself in Jesus' name. Your life depends on it. Amen. So, when we deliberately, daily, set ourselves to be diligent in the Word, then we will become spiritually strong. When we're consistent, when we do it, the Bible is not just going to suddenly jump off the shelf, leap before your eyes, open itself up and speak to you saying, read me. You need to do it. Now, certainly there will be times when the Lord will lead you to a certain passage and it'll just be really powerful to you and set you free. I'm totally for that. But you need to do it daily as a discipline. You need to do it. The only habits you develop are the habits you develop. Someone says, well, that's all very well. But I just don't have time for meditation in the Scriptures. And besides, you know, the sports season is just starting. And the Lord wants us to stay up with the batting averages, surely. I mean, doesn't He? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, it's wild that some of us who, when it comes to doctrine and Scripture... It seems that our brains move so slowly. And yet, when it comes to remembering the batting averages, we've got them right there. You know, who beat who, and and who's playing with which, and who was sold for how much, and all this kind of stuff. It's right there, isn't it? And when it comes to just some unimportant things, such as the doctrine of the atonement, well, we just don't really know or care. Oh, you know what I'm saying? My matters of life that your very eternal future depends on don't matter to us. And yet, we've got all this junk is at our fingertips in our minds. Come on. Say amen, or oh me, or ouch, or, or, <laughs> or, or something. Guys, it's our priorities, isn't it? It's our priorities. We need God to shake them up. We need Him to shake them up, to get real, get real with God, to put first things first, and not be deceived by the priorities of this culture, which pull us off. 
get us all entangled and consumed, spending our lives on a bunch of stuff, sports stuff. It's amazing the extreme to which they go in those sorts of things. I read the other day in some news story about how it was a second baseman, which they told me in the earlier meeting, that's baseball. And the second baseman was about to hit a touchdown or whatever they do. And, and they were saying how that when he did this, this made him the most touchdowns that a second baseman has ever scored. You know, something like that. And it's like, good night. The, the, the most runs that a, that a second baseman has ever scored? I can understand having a record that would be the most runs that you know, anybody ever scored. Okay, that's fine, you know? And um, the child prodigy, Babe Ruth, holds a record or whoever does, or Michael Jordan or... See, I, I'm not stupid. I know, I know some of these names. Um, you know, Michael Jordan maybe just holds the record, which I think he does, isn't that right, for the most home runs? Huh? He's the second most? Okay. Not quite. I'm, I'm still learning. I, you know, <laughs> matter of priorities. See, I need to change them. But what was I saying? I can understand having one record, the most home runs, but as far as the most one that the second baseman has ever scored, you know, I assume they've got the most one that the first baseman has ever scored, the most one that the third baseman has ever tried to score, the most home runs that the fourth baseman, you know, and the fifth baseman has ever attempted to score but didn't quite make it because they caught him before he hit second. And then the most home runs that the fifth baseman has ever tried to score but didn't quite make it because they caught him before he hit third. And then the most runs. <laughs> oh and yet, we remember this junk. Come on, guys. And we can't even quote central scriptures to do with salvation. Oh, my. God help us as the American church of the Lord Jesus. God help us. It's priorities, guys. Come on, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you can never play some sports games. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you can never watch someone else play a sports match. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, if you, my dearly beloved friend, have time... To do that, then you have time to get into this, which is your life. Not just now, but for eternity. This, dear friends, is your health, your life, your health, your peace, your joy, your victory, the health of your family. Your ability to minister to your neighbor. Your ability to push back the enemy's attacks. Merciless attacks. Guys, we're in a battle. And this is our sword. And what are we doing? We're all into batting averages. Let's, by the grace of God, pick up our swords, dust them off, polish them, and use them in Jesus' name. 
The Word of God, guys. If you've got time to start a second or a third business venture, hello, oh, sports was okay, now he's about to get into money. <laughs> oh my. If you've got time for the second or the third business venture, so that you can buy the second or the third cottage retreat, or the second, or even the first, Mercedes-Benz. I have nothing against Mercedes-Benzes. Nothing at all. But that thing's going to rust, buddy. It's going to rust. That cottage home is going to burn. Some thief's going to break in and steal your ruby ring that you gave half your life for. Get into what's important. Get into what's eternal. Change your priorities in Jesus' name. God wants us to be blazing a path through the kingdom of darkness in His power, in His light, with His Word. Not striving for Mercedes, Benzes, Cottages and Rolexes. He wants us to be warriors, wielding the weapons of our warfare, going for it, doing it. Amen. So the Word of God is your life. We need the Word for life, for strength, and also for direction in our lives. The Scriptures will help us to understand our purpose. The Scriptures will help us to understand God's will for our lives. Okay, They'll help us. And they'll help us in two ways. The Scriptures will help us specifically, and then secondly, in principle. The Scriptures will help us to understand God's will specifically. That means that there are many specific Scriptures that show us what God's specific will is at certain points. For example, is it God's will for us to commit fornication? Are you sure? How do you know? The Word says so. It says, don't do it. Right. Many other Scriptures that address specific issues So we know without a shadow of a doubt what God's will is. There's no need to pray about that, right? No need to hope that the visiting prophetic ministry or the resident prophetic ministries call us up and give us a word on those sorts of subjects, right? God's already shown us the scriptures and nothing he's ever going to tell will contradict that. Is that right? Amen. So there is much in the scriptures that gives specific revelation concerning God's will. How about a believer marrying an unbeliever? Should you do it? Why not? God says not to. Don't be unequally yoked. Right. Believe with an unbeliever. And there are many, usually women, who did that to their great sorrow, thinking that certainly the guy is not saved, but I know this is the Lord, and God will just straighten him out after we get married. Right? <laughs> well... The very few times that that actually does happen are the exceptions that prove the rule. Usually that don't work that way. And we're far better off just to heed the word of God and to believe God. Lord, if you've got this man or this woman for me to get married to, then change him before we do it. Amen. Amen. Because you've told me not to be unequally yoked. And so to be faithful and loyal to the scriptures and believing that if God on the one hand has spoken to us, the inner witness that this is the one, but yet it still doesn't line up with the word, You see, we need those different ones to be in agreement, right? 
then wait until they do line up. Amen. When they line up, then you can proceed. If they're not in line, and particularly if the Word of God is the one that's out of line, you need to hang on and wait until things straighten out. So, there are many scriptures that give us specific understanding of the will of God. There was a brother in this area who was a doctor. This was on the news a while ago. And he was asked something to do with abortions and and that kind of stuff. And he absolutely refused to have anything to do with it as a doctor right here in this area. And received some degree of trouble for doing that. But he was going in line with what he knew from the scriptures. And that was that, that life begins at conception. That's not just a fetus in there. It's a human being in there. And thou shalt not kill human beings. It's nothing to do with fetuses, man. That's life. That's a person. It's a real person. So he would have nothing to do with abortions because he knew that from the Word of God and suffered because of it. You see, so there is the specific revelation of the Word of God. Secondly, we can understand things from principles that are in the Scripture. Okay? Someone says, well, the Bible doesn't say that I can't smoke marijuana, for example. You know, where does the Bible say... You can't smoke marijuana. You never heard someone say that. Where did the Bible say? Well, and my, my response is, well, dear friend, where does the Bible say not to jump out of an aeroplane without a parachute on? Huh? It doesn't. I've studied Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, and I haven't found it yet. Look in the concordance. It's not there, guys. Okay? But nevertheless, there are principles, aren't there? There are principles in the Scriptures that will direct us in understanding the answer to such questions. Okay, so do we smoke marijuana? Why not? Because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Cool. Bought by the Lord Jesus. Bought with a price. And so we are to glorify God with our bodies. Smoking marijuana, don't glorify God. Furthermore, it gets you filled with demons as well. So smoking marijuana doesn't glorify God. Jumping out of an airplane without a parachute and ending up as a splattered raspberry on the field is not glorifying God in your body either. Okay, you see, so we don't need a specific verse for those sorts of things. There are some real broad, general principles that we can apply, and that is, whatever you do, do all in the name of Jesus Christ and to the glory of God the Father. Wonderful verse. So we can apply that in any culture, in any time period. Does this glorify God? If it won't, don't do it. You don't need a proof text to show you that that's not appropriate because God has given you the principle. We're so glad you joined us for In the Word with Malcolm Weber, a weekly podcast featuring selected teachings from Dr. Weber's over 40 years of ministry. Find more teachings along with books, courses, tools, and other resources from Dr. Weber at www.leadersource.org. Tune in next week for the third part of this message, Knowing God's Will Through His Word.